spidey senses tingling. He's a host that'll let you in his car to go driving around, but his secret garden will never be found. He's slim. Milestone episode of his Paper Keg Podcast, episode 230. Our Paper Keg Podcast, paperkeg.com, three BFFs. Talk about a book club. They do a round table. Separately, they read a book. Together, we unite to talk about it on this podcast. Lone Wolf and Cub, The Gateless Barrier. Nailed Perfect. it. I mean, Bruce, are you here? Nailed it. Did he? Did you invite him to this hangout? Yeah, he's he's performing a concert downtown, Center City. Can we you just imagine the whole crowd is silent, and just that that synth line just plays, and the whole crowd just you know, cell phones are out. Yeah, they're ready for the Secret Garden. Because people would rather yeah. look at their cell phones looking at Bruce Springsteen than actually looking at Bruce Springsteen nowadays. Fired this up. This is the world. It's fired up. This is up. the world nowadays. You understand? We, we uh, close out each show with your letters live. Uh, letters at paperkeg.com. And uh, gosh, what a show we have today. You know, it's late at night. Tempers are peppered. Dale underscore A is, he's ready to go. You know, the G-chats were silent today. Twitters were full of subtweets, preemptive <laughs> self-trolls, external trolls. But we have to introduce the host. You know, maybe that doesn't mean anything to you. Maybe you don't follow us on Twitter. This is your first shot, giving the show a chance. Let's introduce the living host. We have one dead host, God rest his soul, Mark Farrington. Jonesy loves beer. You heard him spit some rhymes on the show intro. Spit the truth. He hosts uh, Drive Time 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. college radio some nights. Welcome to the show, Jonesy loves beer. Ding! New Jersey Chime Time, 9.53 in the p.m. I hope you're safe out there. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm not even sure if I'm awake, I'm asleep. I don't even know anymore. Uh, I'm in the midst of redacted, redacted at my redacted, redacted job. Mm. So it's the most redacted time of year. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, my car radio is set to redacted music. Uh, 101.1 more FM. Uh, I listen to the Holly station on XM. That's what I have tuned on. I don't have XM. You guys are too rich for my blood. (laughs) <laughs> your fancy car radio stuff going on, you know? It says the guy who has some, like, special mount for his dashboard that, like, super grips his phone. Nineteen ninety nine on Amazon.com. That mount. Living the dream. For my phone. 
final living host, VP of merch, Facebook phenom. Yeah, he's, you should have heard him before the show. We do a little off air gab fest, really lighten it up. You know, stuff, stuff is too hot for Twitter. It's too hot. Dale Anders Gray, welcome back. It is great to be back, you know, catching up with you guys after days of silence. Uh, finally getting to talk to you for three minutes before we hit record and put on our professional professional visages. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot. It kind of bottlenecks, if you will, there. You know, I got a lot to say. I miss you guys. And then all of a sudden we're hitting record. You know, it's right. like... Uh, it steams you steams me because before like we would all be gathering in your garage and playing uh music and getting signed to a label because the beach buddies aren't buddies anymore all of a sudden we're zach attack barely talking listen you were in charge of the kids tonight we couldn't get on it you know a 9 a.m air 9 p.m t- uh time frame i didn't get home until 9 30 Nine o'clock. You're busy. You're busy. I know you're busy. You know, I work for a company, Disclaimer for Comicsology. We just launched a hot new product. Works busy. G chat. I wasn't even in the G chat today. Yeah, all we I know. could do was was look in and see you two uh having your little zing fest about how uh, I wasn't in there. <laughs> Our two I hope time in there without me. You're probably so <laughs> professional in your in your Manhattan offices that you literally sign out of G chat on your phone, I bet. To, mm. to avoid distraction while you're working in some community room with everybody, laptops on your legs, propped up to propped up using a, an extra desk chair for your feet. Medicine balls. It's fine. You're busy. Think yeah. tanking. Think tanking. I bet somebody has uh, so put some like Christmas lights like in the cubicles areas. I'm, I sit in my five by eight office uh, with my t- with my computer with my computer sitting on a on a folding table from Costco. <laughs> With uh, with the floor at, at sort of a, a five degree lean, my computer chair rolls back in my old office, and I have to constantly pull myself up towards my folding table <laughs> desk because of the uh, the nineteen thirty uh, or older Resolute desk that comes comes in the office desk. by default just, just is too it. small for my big legs and thighs and modern computers. So I WB Mason a folding table over there <laughs> to hold my computer, and every time I lay one of my arms down on the folding table, it shakes and it rattles, <laughs> and it's been five five or six years of it. And you're not there on G Chat today, and Jonesy's not there because of uh, his he's doing laps around the hub, uh, stinking wrist, <laughs> rotting wrist flesh, rotting away I beneath mean, I, his jawbone. I can picture you. Like your chair backs up and then you got to like angrily set your body back into place while there's no movement happening in G-Chat. You go to Twitter, you get some kind of weird tweet in your timeline, you're getting all upset about that, and you you accidentally slide back again, you jut your body forward to get back into place. I mean, it's all coming into visual place right now. I I mean, can I I dogpile on your workplace right now, Dale? If you want to. I've been to the the, promised land. of gainful employment for Mr. Underscore A. And there is a bathroom in the the midst of the offices with the thinnest walls 
that could have possibly, like the bathroom was a last minute thought, like that was not there. Plumbed, probably very cheaply. Walls put up, probably double pane tissue paper. <laughs> and I remember having to pee there and thinking that everybody in the office could hear my stream song as it echoed in the bathroom. And I have to wonder, like, does that go through your head every day? Like, what if you got to, like, drop a duke in there? And you just know people were just, like, anticipating the... The worst. Yeah. Like, chopping so maybe, maybe you turn on the old timey uh, sink next to you so the water flows and you can't hear maybe you do the old <laughs> cough joke as you're squir- <laughs> as you're getting it out of you so you cough as it comes as it <laughs> angrily jettisons from your body listen you know maybe because uh, because it's 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 knocking at the back door because you're rolling back and forth <laughs> on your chair mat all day and the little hinge slash knuckle that's underneath of your uh, folding table is the only thing you can kind of trap into your thigh to maybe anchor you there for a good few minutes until you got to move and you roll backwards you roll and you pull yourself up and you roll backwards you pull yourself up listen we have refreshing twitter every couple minutes we have we have our paper keg christmas get together i think it's like a week away we got Q three sixteen right around the corner. Ooh, can't wait. Yeah. Q three sixteen. We'll all be wearing our new broke non broken in fancy boots <laughs> while we're going about on the deck taking artsy photos for Instagram. Yeah. Emailing coupons for expensive shoes to each other <laughs> during the day. Maybe show off potential jackets. You know? Following a tw- uh, Instagram account that literally only posts photos of new boots next to the same model older boot that mm. has been worn for ten years. Yep. You know, mm. that could be us. And then with our non switch over to Bronco boots. life. You know, and to see that seventy four Bronco with the top down. Didn't your wife put the put the foot the foot down on any Bronco talk? I mean, let's let's like a full kibosh, but it's definitely out of the question. <laughs> Right, right. There's a difference between what those two end means to those ends. I remember distinctly the Bronco talk uh, reached fever pitch at one point (laughs) during the yearly Jonesy. I think I need to get a new car. Something's wrong with my current one. You know, (laughs) is that a yearly thing that happens every year? Because I feel like the piston rod thrown on the Avalanche was a big deal. Hey, I'm just saying it. It happens. And the the Bronco, I I thought Jonesy was just going to show up with a Bronco, you know, driving <laughs> mm-hmm. around town, and then and then eventually we finally found out, you know, shockingly, my wife didn't want me to buy a 1970s Bronco for a new family car. Strange. And that was that. I don't know. I mean, I, I would have just named the license plate like Article Six because that would have been like the divorce article. <laughs> that would have been like the last straw if I just showed up with a Bronco. Slim, you will you will know when Jonesy gets a Bronco when you hear some sort of large unmuffled vehicle backing into your driveway for fifteen minutes. <laughs> the Jonesy uh, twenty eight point back in <laughs> maneuver, right? Exactly. We we might need to uh, get into the book club, or at least a reminder: yeah, the book club this week, we Lone Wolf and Cub, Volume Two, The Gateless Barrier. We talked about the volume one many moons ago. If I recall, some of our favorite moments or most talked about moments was the uh, story where 
wolf, lone wolf, infiltrated that <laughs> prostitution ring and then uh, bedded a woman right in front of his own child. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time, you know? I remember being really angry at one of those stories, and I honestly, I can't remember. I think he didn't save a woman from getting, like, murdered or raped to, like, yeah. keep up his guise of not needing to kill everyone just yet, even though he did, yeah, like, yeah. five minutes later. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, he just sat there in complete silence and uh, just had to grin and bear the whole thing. Before we rough. get into the synopsis, I do feel like every chapter in this book ends with Lone Wolf unsnapping his katana and then everyone's dead next chapter <laughs> i think I, I wonder i think everyone in the first volume was the same way like, i mean just tie it up with a bow that's all we need to do <laughs> but it's the journey it's the journey Absolutely. to that point that's what it's all about jenzy can you can you guide us through your unwavering hand to Lone Wolf Volume 2. I'm going to make this a record shortest synopsis ever. I might say in, in haiku if I knew the what a haiku should be. 575. Five. 575. Five. Is that five syllables? Seven syllables? Five syllables? Yes. On the fly. Live. <laughs> writer. Show writer. Uh, okay, forget the haiku. I can't. I'm no, I'm not, I'm no writer, guys. Uh, I'm, I forget the haiku is five syllables. Mind <laughs> you. So you're on your way. Uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, Volume Two. Uh, the titular Lone Wolf and Cub are at their antics once again. Uh, collection of short stories. Uh, this time, not really morality plays. I feel like Volume One was heavy into uh, black and white, right and wrong. Uh, as Ito uh, was pondering whether he really be, you know, belonged on the assassin's road, if you will. Uh, now he's fully embraced his life as an assassin, um, ex-shogunate, now for the highest bidder slash just cause, he will be your assassin. Uh, there's some great, um, I feel like, modules that could be and that probably have been transformed in the movies already. Uh, but, you know, Ito involves himself in a prison and goes undercover as a prisoner to complete a mission. Uh, there's a mission where he's separated from his son and his son kind of takes the spotlight as a, as a smaller stoic version of uh, the lone wolf, as my partner would say. And... Uh, Really, just more amazing one-beat stories that somehow find depth in a character where you would not expect it. Uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, Volume 2, he really does find his gateless barrier. Should we... I, I can't remember how we did it last time. I think we might have gone through each story in a row and then maybe offered some final thoughts or something like that but as i was going through the the list i um fourth wall spoilers actually started reading this last week because i thought it was our book club so i read the first story like a week and a half ago and i can't remember it but the first story was a red cat does anyone yeah, remember what that one was about because i don't 
Red Cat <laughs> is the he he. This is the one where he gets himself put in prison, and he is uh, put in prison to mm. look for a particular arsonist. And it turns out the uh, the arsonist is on death row, so he does something to basically get put in general population. I think maybe he murders somebody on the outside. But uh, once he finds out he's on death row, uh, this guy's on death row, he murders the prison to get put in death row from general population. He murders general population to get put in on death row with the arsonist. And just the listener, Dale is not being coy. He really does murder every single last person <laughs> in the prison. I don't. He, I remember the the reason he got apprehended was he, you know, he walked up to that area and prepared for a fight, and then he just like, I think he kind of just gave up. Oh yeah, that's right. And he, didn't he like steal some coins? He I, uh, or bread. are you talking about in the prison or how he got in? How to he got get, in? To get in? I yeah. thought he just like gave up in the middle of a fight because they all knew who he was. Yeah, that's then, my understanding. Is they identified him as Ito, the assassin. And it was just like, you got me. And then when they got him in there, he just ripped A to get in the yeah. solitary so he can get there after was, that arsonist. There was that moment where they threw him into the jail and then you saw that they had kind of a sub-society in the prison, the general population, where there was like a judge, leader type, and he wouldn't say anything and he kept his mouth shut until he got the the one bit of information that he needed and then he raised all holy hell to get set into that area. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was it was amazing how the that he just held out, he would not answer a question and they were going to like sentence him and they were like, you know, as a courtesy, you get to ask us something. I forget how exactly it was. You get to ask us something, but of course you're not going to use it because you haven't said anything yet. And he's like, I do request one thing. I'm looking for so and so. And they're like, oh, he's in death row. So he like breaks this two by four and a half and uses both sides as a, some sort of murder weapon. Yeah, that was pretty bad, eh? He just it was. takes a plank out of the floor, snaps it over his knee till it's like two short wooden swords, and then proceeds to hurricane style murder <laughs> every single person within arm's reach. And which, which is pretty amazing. I mean. He ha- this like solidified where sure the arsonist is like he's tr- he's he's trying to get a, a means to an end to where he can flush out the original you know the culprit he's uh, attempting to get at but really it's kind of a lot about the money too like he murders everybody in general population tax evaders uh, maybe he's not somebody who, who was so bad. But he certainly has his way about him, and there's a lot of collateral damage that he is unfeeling about. Mm-hmm. And there's always a point in this in the story where I was waiting for him to say no to a job or show some kind of moral boundaries. But in this volume, we'll talk about it later, but there was a point where he pretty much threw it out the window, where it felt like, well, if he's got to say no to this. Mm-hmm. And then that leads into the title of the book. But yeah, this one, I thought the first, the first story was pretty good. Um, and we'll touch on it maybe a little bit more, but it's like an obvious thing that we mentioned last, last time, but the art in this book is phenomenal. 
all the that's black and white with like some gray tones and the fight scenes are glorious looking even some of the, like the initial pages of each story which have kind of like a deeper gray kind of coloring um mm-hmm. some of them are just so beautiful in how it's just him sitting and meditating and it's just gorgeous every page is gorgeous yeah his his meditation scenes and the scenes surrounding like right before he gets into a fight is so cinematic and it mostly reminds me i can't remember which story it was it may have been um the gateless barrier actually or no the one before that but there's like this timing and this pacing where the art is just scenery that sort of sets up the fight and the timing and the sounds and there was there happened to be this like bamboo fountain that would was like up on a pivot and it would fill up with water and it would like as soon as full the water it would like clunk down and dip the like the water would pour out and it it was like a whole page of panels of just this bamboo fountain and I immediately went to that scene at the end of Kill Bill yeah. where where there the, the battle with Oren Ishii at mm. the end and like all the whole scene is quiet except that fountain but like that's in this book. And it's just art, but it's the same sort of like mood setting. Now, am I pulling a Jonesy or am I right in thinking that that movie Kill Bill was strongly influenced by Japanese cinema like the Lone Wolf mm-hmm. and Cub uh, adaptations? I, right? think he's, I think he's said in interviews that Lone Wolf and Cub was a huge inspiration and a ton of other stuff. And I think we we saw one from volume uh, maybe a few separate scenes from volume one where we were like, this is like kill bill. Yeah. Kill bill like totally homaged this. And that was a bit evident on the fact, I think we talked about the, at the end of kill bill two there, the boy, the kid is watching Shogun assassin. Which oh is Lone, yeah. Which is Lone wolf and cup. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. How about the coming of the cold, which was, uh, I think the one that I there's certain points where like I stretch I stretch my believability mainly because of the the child scenario mm-hmm. where he needed to he left uh, the boy to go on this one mission and then there's an avalanche that covers up the area that he's hidden in and Wolf pretty much decides like well if there's five days of avalanche I could probably come back and and get him out of there. <laughs> and then, but I think he even had a line which was like, "Well, that's the end of my boy." But it was like he was like very <laughs> accepting of, uh, "I wish you well, boy," or something. He said something like that, and I was like, "Wow, okay." Well, in the first volume, he pretty much says, "Okay, you're still alive, kid. Uh, I'm going to use you uh, to facilitate my assassinations. So deal with it. You're not going to have a childhood. Like, isn't that pretty much like scene one, issue one?" Yeah. Yeah, and that and that keeps up in this book too. Yeah, and I and the so he leaves his uh, son, who's three years old. By the way, I I like I, the little bit of research that I did see. So I picture like Reed or Jonesy's son Jack, who is three. Like the capabilities or the responsibilities you could kind of put on them, and and this is a different time. I mean, kids had to grow up a lot quicker. <laughs> but Ito basically tells his son that I I'm going to leave you in this cave for five days. If you had to pee or poop, go over there. Otherwise, stay warm. If you get thirsty, drink. 
If you get hungry, eat. And like it's it's cool that you know that sure it's a believability thing, but it's just so crazy and it, it's such a cool concept that his little son is just basically aware enough to help to follow these directions and i love i just love 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 the fact that ito lives like he's already in hell like he is going to continue his existence until somebody kills him and until that day he's just living day to day in hell with his son he's pushing his son around the cart and he's like I'm in hell. This is my existence because this is what I deserve. And my and his son's there too, along for the ride. Like his son, by by extension, his son is in hell too. That's a interesting way of putting it. I don't think I ever considered that. Huh. Yeah the um, the plot for this one was um, I didn't know where it was going at first because he's. He's agreeing to the deal in the little cave, and uh, the 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 guy that pays him kills himself, has the honorable death, and then part of the agreement is that he has to kill brutally kill these four men who were on the run, and then he tricks the soldiers into thinking he's like a military officer that was sent to investigate what was happening and protect this one lord that they follow. So that was the only way he could get into this castle. And uh, un- like without harm to get close to this guy, and of course it works because his plans are perfect, and uh, he does, and that's that's pretty much the gist. And he goes and finds uh, his boy afterward, and because he the his plan was that there was going to be so much snow for after five days that he could then trigger another avalanche to then push away what was in front of the cave. Yeah. You- you guys, you heard that right. He triggers a second avalanche to remove the snow of the first avalanche. I mean, it could have either... I think he even said it's like one in a million chance either it works mm-hmm. or he's now like officially dead. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, it works and he can help. He can continue being in hell with me or he's now with his mother and happy and being taken care of in assassin heaven <laughs> yeah. with his mother. This this story has my absolute favorite of of this volume anyway. My absolute favorite sequence of panels, and it's when he uh, is told to fight the four men who are on the run, who have to make it look like they were in a fight and they're prepared to die honorably. But he basically slices his way through those four, and there's a sequence where he like cleans off his sword, so he like whips the sword down, and then the next panel is like the spray of blood on the snow mm. from where he just like cleaned off the sword with just one mm. swipe like you're trying to get ketchup out of the bottle. It would, but it was it's it's such so beautiful like this this might have been my favorite story as well because of all the snow like in front of the uh, the castle of the the county or, or whatever you want to call it there and the just every every bit of every snowflake drawn in in front of this other you know all the other stories are like in some sort like su- subtropical Japan like it's not freezing but this is like the Himalayas compared to all the other stories. It's such a beautiful setting, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one was Tragic Osu, which was... Uh, what's the boy's name? Yushiro? Ichiro? I thought it was Daigon. Daigoro? Oh, Daigoro. Daigoro. I'm going to say the boy. 
Tigero, uh, uh, I think, is right. The boy uh, is kind of meandering around by himself and grabs this kite, and another boy, um, kind of like, I, I guess you could say the boy is from the 1% of that area, you know, yells at him for stealing his kite and pushes him. And then the boy pulls out this sword and essentially, like, you know, he, he protects himself against this kid and cuts him. And he looks like a total boss the whole time. I was like, yes, let's see this kid just annihilate people and show off what he learned from his father. <laughs> and, but he, he gets kid, he gets like apprehended from the adults in the town. And they talk about, you know, where's this kid come from? He, he has like this look of death upon him. Like he's seen the depths of humanity and he's got no feelings. It, they, 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 they elaborated in such a, in a way that, you know, could, te- could uh, elucidate that he's the son of the assassin. And the really cool moment was like the, the one elder guy came in. He's like, wait a minute, who's, who, who do you think his father is? Or like whatever. Right. And then, what kind of what did he do with that sword? Did he have like a particular stance? And like one guy imitates it and he like craps himself. He's like, Oh God, this is the son of you know, the the yeah. assassin. I thought that was so cool about how he recognized this rare stance that is only taught in in certain circles. And I had a few questions about this story because I wasn't totally sure if there ever was a hit out in that family. They assume like there was one angle where I thought that like oh god he's coming for us this is part of his plan this is his bit he sends in his boy and then we don't realize what's going on until it's too late so like who's he after which one of us and they cut to him and he's actually just like having a fever dream in a hut down the down the street I guess recovering from a battle well, and that that's one of the most beautiful parts is when he's fighting these demons in like this hellscape I thought that was gorgeous there was an earlier panel I think in issue 3 right after the the prison sequence where the one of the family members is like they've disgraced the Han dynasty or the Han conglomerate, whatever it was, and he gives Lone Wolf the Han family sword and says, you know, I'm charging you to go and end it. So I think that they knew, well, maybe they didn't know the hit was put out, but it was definitely put out. There were, The other part because I could see certain angles. I didn't know if there was a hit on that family or they just stumbled into something and the kid got kidnapped. Um, Because the kid was referencing this one woman who had just joined this house and called her sis. So they assumed that they were brother and sister and that the samurai had two kids. And I don't know if it was just I misinterpreted that story where I started to believe it and I just wasn't sure if it was told well or it was just happenstance or the actual hit was real and he was going to go in there and save the girl from the family. I couldn't tell. Yeah, I, that's that's a actually a great... <laughs> I, I think I'm glad you were confused and Jonesy sounds confused too. I, I, did not, I did not know if the sis was actually a sis or not because Ito never sort of denies or confirms... Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's I don't just think I mean, it's three, probably, part, probably part of the translation. See here, if at three, he I don't think he would have the cognizant ability right. Right. to recognize a sister, and yet he also at three has enough coordination to wield a samurai katana. 
I mean, my son has a problem getting his garbage truck between the couch and the, uh, you know, coffee table. Well, could your son survive in an avalanche type scenario for five days? I mean, obviously he would just pee and poop in a couple of rocks and then generate warmth and then badass just walk out and high five me after he dug himself out from a second avalanche I had caused to clear the snow from the first avalanche. <laughs> the 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 one point that kind of solidifies him being, you know, obviously not a good father in any way, but the one part where the the boy escapes and it's so sad to see him like kidnapped and tied up and mm-hmm. taking all this abuse and I wanted the family destroyed instantly. But he finally gets back to his father who's like awakening from this hallucinogenic fever that he had no medicine for. And he's he walks in with the sword, I think, and he can hear the people chasing after him. And he's like, well, I certainly hope that you can reap what you've sown. And it, was like, it wasn't any kind of, oh, my God, you've been kidnapped. Where have you been? Like, I know that's just the character, but it was right. like, come <laughs> yeah. on, dude. What kind of trouble have you gotten yourself into this time? Like your three-year-old was kidnapped and escaped on his own. (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about that for a second. That little three-year-old outran the whole family. And and then the dad's like, I'm not going to fight your battles for you. If you got into some kind of a trouble, if you wielded a samurai sword and cut an older boy on the shoulder, you're going to have to pay. Yeah. And eventually he does obviously defend his son and kills that one evil woman thankfully god wanted her dead so hard yeah uh let's see then the did anyone have any other comments for that issue before we go to the next one no i think we need to get in there the gateless barrier was the next one which uh opened up with some really cool psychedelic stuff i think while he was meditating Mm mm-hmm oh yeah so jonesy what was the what was the uh, story of this one basically this is a manual how to convince yourself it's okay to slaughter the clergy if it uh, basically syncs up with what you need to do to make some cash. Um, uh, Ito is basically told that the the main linchpin of this uh, Han dynasty is a Buddha, which I guess is like in this translation, like any priest could be a Buddha. Am I getting that right? So uh, he goes after the lead guy. And the, even the lead guy is like, hey, man, like, let's just sit and talk for a second. Uh, you know, P.S. I'm a priest. So is this something you want to do? And if you can see that, you know, if you really think you can kill me and then that will, you know, he says something like there's a 12-door like path in life but if you can if you can kill a buddha and feel good about it basically you've transcended the assassin's road and uh there is no more like there are no gates for you there's no barrier you're you're not omnipotent but like you're omnimoral as it will and um i feel like ito just goes yep and then stabs the guy but but no he he learns that from so the the Buddha 
but I, I was confused because I wasn't sure if the, this guy was supposed to be on the level of Buddha or if that's a sin. Like, that's bad. I couldn't tell uh, because he wasn't really supposed to be murdered for that case. He was just murdered because uh, town economics deemed it to where we really don't need this Buddha with so much power in place. And he did a lot of dirty on the side. Like, he wasn't just, like, a, a priest that was annoying. Like, he had other s going on but i do i I couldn't quite tell if him reaching basically reaching buddha status a living buddha status was good or that's just that was here nor there he could have been any anybody but he was interfering with town economics so he needed to die anyway like i don't think he needed to die because he was a living buddha but i'm not sure if that was that's a sin or not if that's bad or not but anyway he he was originally challenged and he couldn't bring himself to kill the living buddha but then he then i took it as like a like a timey kind of like out of time story so then he went back he went back into that cabin in the mountains with the wolves and he meditated until he reached the level the gateless barrier oh. level, and where he he see uh, he basically uh, trained himself to be able to kill a priest. I took it as like he had built up mentally all this training beforehand, so that the Buddha thought he was going to be able to t- talk him out of it. But unbeknownst to him, he had been running himself. So like at the climax, when the Buddha's like, "I'll be fine," he's like, "Nope," and like gets him. That's how I thought it was playing out. I guess I was a little out of junction with time on that one. Well, I don't. I don't. I honestly don't know either. I because when he first went to kill him, he. Doesn't. I don't know what he did. He he did some kind of magic trick where he either told, informed uh, Wolf that he was an actual Buddha, and it freaked him out, and he said he wouldn't be able to kill him. But then he was like, "But if you do kill me." You could join the gateless barrier, you know, and walk to wherever path you want or something like that, where it kind of just messed with me a little bit where I was like, well, is he really uh-huh. a Buddha or maybe he is and he's challenging him to kill him to then join and become this kind of, you know, next level thing. Like I couldn't really figure out what was going on there because he did end up killing him. So right. was he an actual, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what was going on there, but man, he had a gruesome death. Good grief. Yeah. <laughs> we, oh yeah. That at was, least we can all I agree mean, that on was that. terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was awful. Very gruesome. But I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know how that one played out, but it, it was weird because the Buddha was a mortal person. Whereas the samurai and the clans at the time you know, we even the leader said like face is more important than you know the the safety of the people or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was a weird parallel to where this Buddha was kind of just being like a priest and wanting to help everyone. Where the townspeople realized they needed to pay back their money on time, no matter what. So it was a weird like dynamic to see the priest kind of be the 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 hit. It's very strange. Winter flower. 
final story in this book? Lay it on us, Jonesy. So let's just say that there is a working gal. Okay. And um, Ito kind of, how do I put this? He tries out the merch uh, and lets that story be known. Uh, And then uh, after he performs a super stealthy through the ceiling assassination, uh, he holds himself up. Am am I getting this mixed up with a different issue? No. Okay, so he's in the sweat lodge. And, uh, you know, he's like, don't come near me because I have, uh, you know, I caught the the itis through. uh, Speaking of which, Jonesy got the itis, I think, right now. Yeah, I, I got the itis all up in my throat. Probably also from this lady in this book. And... He basically lays down um, to the people outside, this guy you thought you knew uh, because of his transgressions um, basically made this very good man's wife pay off his debt by being a prostitute. And they finally got it together enough to hire me to kill them. So tough. You can either uh, be mad or I'll lone wolf you all to an early grave. And um, in true lone wolf fashion, that's just what he does. Well, he like tricks them into thinking they didn't have a choice because he like sets fire to the hut that he's in and presumably burns alive in front of them. And they're like, well, which is all the end of that, which is all kind of pointless because they eventually stumble upon him later anyway. Well, one yeah. one of the detectives, I guess there's like two camps that are investigating, like one murder detective was and the other group was. And I guess the more moral of the two <laughs> f- figures out that he probably is still alive because he sees the boy. And then he gives him the flower at the end. Also, I didn't, I didn't think for one second that Ito had sampled the goods and caught anything as Jonesy. <laughs> well, that was that was the story that you know that he allegedly, you know, gets a preview of the merch. Do you I think didn't, I didn't even catch that? That when you first talked about it, that was news to me. Well, the, then how else would he allege that he had you know some hot the parts? Rot? Hot know? parts. I thought you know. that he was just dying, and that's then like his innards were like coming out of his body, and that's why they didn't want people to go in there that they would catch his like gangrenous. Yeah, but I thought he caught it. No, I guess that doesn't make sense. He never implied that he caught it. No, I guess that doesn't. That doesn't make sense. I I must have inserted that part in my own mind. Oh, an STD would just make this story so much sexier. I must have said (laughs) to myself, "You're like fist pumping." Finally, an STD (laughs) love wolf and cub story. It's about time. (laughs) Yes, I have been begging these two for an STD comic. He finally caught the winter flower, as they would call it, and. Samurai Japan. So yeah, he escapes. After he's walking away with a boy, the cop catches up to him. He's like, I knew it was you. I knew you're still alive. And then he hands him the flower and, you know, tells the story of, you know, the prostitute and whatever, and he just leaves. It was it was an interesting ending. 
it was very now I know they're like they're short kind of stories and they they are all a little on the nose whether they be f- through translation or not but like Jonesy got into it was very like with the help of the priest co- covering kind of covering for Ito saying he's got the plague don't go in there like it was very like he very much got away scot free. Was there a line where he's like, "Oh, the plague caused that fire." He's like, "Oh, yeah. you get so oh, yeah. sick, you just burst into flames." <laughs> yeah, and yeah. those idiots are like, "Yeah, that 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 tracks. That checks out." They're like backing away. They're like, "Okay, well, you know, guess this so he, case is closed." Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Master assassin uh, holes up in a woodshed and needs a priest to cover for him. Tell him he's got the. Itis. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I pretty much think Ido could just close his eyes and just like kind of do one of these where he just peeks through a couple fingers, throw, throws his sword, and all 40 of them are dead. Like, I think right. he's achieved <laughs> yeah. that level of skill. So what do we think of book two of Lone Wolf and Cub? Uh, I don't think it can compare to book one, the majesty that was volume one. But with the, how many more volumes are there? There's a lot. There's like 34 more volumes. Maybe this, you know, maybe as I start to read more of them, I can say that they are all on the same level. But I I feel that volume one was like perfect execution, volume one of a comic. I really thought, I mean, this this was up there for me. Sure, there were ups and downs, but the winter story... Uh, was was all was amazing for me, and it's it was just amazing all around. The artwork is just gorgeous, and I just keep I in the back of my head I just think the whole time that this was 1970, and it was just it's just like amazing amazing stuff, and it was just it was made in 1970. It's amazing, yeah. it's so next level. I mean, it is. 1970 it really is. Vietnam's going on. You know, kind the world is in turmoil, and this is being published. Come on, do you look? Do you read Lone Wolf and Cub with like nineteen seventies Vietnam soundtracks playing? You know, all the hits from the seventies, <laughs> choppers flying overhead, CCR. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just uh, it's it's really beautiful stuff, and it's cool. The uh, the bundles are on. They have a two. They're bundled two different bundles on Comicsology. Check those out. They're they're cheap and are great. And I don't I don't know. It's just beautiful stuff. Like the on on in CMX HD it looks amazing. I mean, Can I think it, it might. It's actually I think slightly bigger than the digest size that gets published in paperback. I mean, disclaimer: Slim works for Comicsology, but CMX HD is probably the best way to view a comic book. I'm not going to argue that point. There you have it. Lone Wolf and Cub book two. I really enjoyed it. Um, I felt like it was on the same level as volume one for me as well. But, um, you know, obviously the only snafu being just being the worst father ever. Yeah, sure. (laughs) That'll get you every time. (laughs) Hell father. (laughs) We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. You shoot his letter, my radar on there. 
I uh, I have only one letter for us this week. Uh, once again, taking the most inflammatory route possible. Uh, official show intern. You know, he's on the payroll of zero dollars. Uh, you know, I'm on the same pay scale. Matt at Matt Double H, so don't feel bad. Uh, why is Slim refusing to play D&D? What has he got to hide? The people want to know. Matt HH, P.S. was homesick today and watched Magnolia for the first time in 10 years. Cruz's best performance ever? I mean, have you not seen Tom chained up while his wife, quote unquote, gets murdered in front of him in Mission Impossible uh, 3? Oh, J. my J. God. Oh. Or he's, remember he's saying, no. When there's <sighs> tears, it's just tearing up. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Remember how it just got real? Like, that's when it got That was the first scene real. of the movie. Yeah. Amazing. JJ. The, the people aren't clamoring to know why I don't want to play D&D. Only Matt HH is clamoring. Right. <laughs> exactly. Matt HH, I'll tell you one thing. He'll never go near D&D. He's going to reverse spite you. Even mm-hmm. if he ever, ever wanted to, he would never let you know that he wanted to. Man, HH, he was probably ready to play with like Dale and I in a very closed sesh where he just tests it out. And since you exposed his feelings, he's shaking his head no for that. That'll never happen, really. Actually, it was a slight nod like you hit the nail on the head, Gen Z, but you know, <laughs> now, never. <laughs> I only have, you know, so much room in. My kind go. of space go. to allow new things in. Something's got to get pushed out. I just D and D is not at the top of that list for me to put in. I've had to live through D and D through friends, and that's just something I prefer just to keep 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 in that area. You know, sure D and D is uh, definitely. I'll be the first to say that D and D is not for everybody. I mean, I love it, but I would never pressure anybody into wanting any parts of it you know it's something it's sometimes it's just not people's thing and that's just the way it is you know and you can't like pressure somebody into playing it even if we were all local and you and you somehow pressured them enough to to get it you think he'd have any sort of fun he'd be down there under under pretenses that were not his own it'd be like me you don't want that that. uh, pisces bar in baltimore comic-con when i wanted to go to bed remember that hmm I've never oh, seen boy. you so deflated. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what happened, but that, yeah, that was... You were having that paralyzing back pain? That was just... Mm. Sometimes you just want to leave, and you can't. Mm. So you gotta, I just remember seeing you at a window where, like, the only time you could get relief was to, like, go up with your tippy toes and, like, push your back forward at the same time. <laughs> it was the most painful-looking thing I'd ever seen. Oh, uh, boy. Thankfully, you know, that, that back pain has subsided. I don't wake up with crippling back pain anymore. It's a huge plus. Got to work at that core, babe. Got to work at that core, babe. Especially, it, you, I mean, how soon did you want to Uber out of there, especially towards the end of the night when Jonesy goes and, like, walks whoa, and sits whoa, behind this is not, uh, total the uh, table of comic Sorry. creators, like... He's by this time. He's eventually going to get roped into some conversation. I just wanted a, Remember that? a polite in-out moment. And, of course, I got the stink eye instead. So, you know. <laughs> that was super, I mean, that was amazingly awkward. 
because they te- <laughs> they knew you were there. About that until you said, you remember? It. "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. They they knew he was there, and they purposely didn't engage him. Listen, oh yeah, we, all, we talked to Jonesy. We knew it was a tactical error that he made. It was. <laughs> we, we 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 threw up smoke signals to get him out of there uh, as man. fast as possible. It just was not the right moment, not the right time, not the right people. It's Obviously, okay. even though it they happens. were they were talking moments before one on one with Jonesy, but it's, that was their that was the time. It's okay, but, you know those guys probably under a lot of pressure, a lot of people, a lot of strangers coming up to them. Maybe yeah. they just need to decompress, you know, on their own time. Yeah, they're human yeah. beings; they're allowed to have that. It's okay. Remember that great episode we did when we were there? That yeah, BCC that was a great episode. Maybe maybe we'll release that. Maybe yeah, it's for been the a, holidays. It's been a while. Yeah, maybe we can come out of the archive. The, oh, page, the Patreon people got it, the taste first. That was when we first started talking about Los Mediacredad. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's still a, still a passion that burns in our hearts. <laughs> oh, there you go. Jumped the gun there, huh? Did you knock the button over with uh Knocked it over. Knocked the button over. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, technology. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful hardcover that we have in our homes right now. Two brothers. Probably the the first book that we'll talk about from them since, uh... Mm. You know what? Day Trevor? Good grief. Gabriel Ba. Moon. Ba. We'll be over the moon. Tell you that much right now. Nicely done. (laughs) That's where you're the host. We'll see everybody next week. be a good time to uh, release that uh, BCC episode because uh, in the same time we're trying to cook up another Patreon exclusive episode for the backers. So you know, it just it'd be a good time to coincide. Mm. One go as one goes out, one comes in. You know, you're onto something. VP merch. This could be the new way we do things. You know. Classic Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> My one line tag on. This could be a thing, but then, you know. See you guys later. Show writer. You know, maybe we save it for we don't know what our Christmas plans are. Maybe that'll be a Christmas week episode. Like if what? we if Christmas gets too crazy, maybe we release that. So we take a week off, but we still have a wet an episode. Oh a new episode going. My on. goodness. Uh that mm-hmm. just sounded like the best thing I ever heard. <laughs>
wow, you guys, you guys want to quit? You guys want to just cancel the whole thing? Jonesy then? was Is the that... one that suggested we change the show to half hour format earlier <laughs> off air, <laughs> and Dale almost, you know, tied a shoelace around his neck and hung it from the ceiling. But one of those like real like hefty boot laces. <laughs> Although I'll tell you what, as soon as I mentioned a week off. Jonesy looked like he just won the lottery. <laughs> Did. He started making plans for growing that mustache out even more. <laughs> Snaggly whiplash. I'm just going to be twirling it. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I tell you, uh, I, I, I'm not sure much about the fireside. I did, with my wife, finish Jessica Jones. We, don't, we won't get into spoiler territory, but I tell you, I finished it and went back, circled back around, and got her to watch the first episode of Daredevil. What? So I think we're going to start. We're going to rewatch that with her being the first time watching it. Man, your loins must have been. And did you ever out. finish Daredevil the first time, Dale? I did. Yes. So Very enjoyable. Is there any connective tissue between Jessica Jones and Daredevil? Like, you know, I'm not looking for big spoilers, but anything there that will is. let you know that they're in the same universe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And just give me the episode and timestamp of that, so <laughs> I could just uh, skip right to that. Oh boy. Amanda and I uh, tried a trial for that horror movie network, Shutter. It's like Netflix, but just horror movies. Really? It's like four ninety nine a month. We got the two week trial. How is the quality of movie? Is it like? Uh, I mean, it's like the it, like if you want to compare it to like the horror video section of the video store, and then like mm-hmm. the backlist section combined. So it's a lot of softcore like uh, pornography, like also set to horror themes. <laughs> God willing, for five dollars a month, I hope so. Yeah, there's some kind of lone wolf spinoff where he gets an STD and explodes. Right. The uh, you know you remember in the VHS there's like a VHS section of like old weird horror oh, yeah. films. It's like that. So there's many that I would what I was always meant to watch. <laughs> so there's a weird like we almost watched. There's like a 1980s movie about a documentarian group following a group of cannibals, and then they turn on the people that filming the documentary. We couldn't get that stream to work for whatever reason, but that was going to be our first pick. Is that green? Green something? Mm, not sure, but the, the they, cover art looked pretty poor, so I don't know what the quality of film is. Because uh, Eli Roth just remade that. Really? Yeah, with the uh, it's like super graphic. No, I don't know. So we watched uh, Hellraiser instead. Oh yeah, classic. Real classic. Does it hold up at all? Have you ever seen it before? I don't remember. I remember bits and pieces of it. Like, I knew the scenes where she lured these men into this creepy room to murder them so that her lover could steal their skin life. (laughs) But the weirdest part... Spoilers. (laughs) The weirdest part was, you know, the skin man was in the room, and she keeps bringing people to kill so that he can, like, take their life force and grow skin back. But after a while, he's, like, kind of normal-looking, just doesn't have skin, so he's just, like, all blood, like, you know... a skinless body, but he keeps wearing like regular clothes. He's wearing like a silk shirt and there's just like blood soaking <laughs> through. Like, why are you wearing those clothes? You're just ruining them. 
And you got to think the nerve endings that are trying to grow would not appreciate the contact. Yeah, sure. Any kind yeah. of fabric. You know, yeah, I don't know why. Pothole. No, he's just he's not thinking straight. Is what's going on. But uh, it was a fun movie. Is there uh, what's the app situation with Shutter? It's on Roku, um, and I think Apple TV. But we don't really use the Apple TV anymore. The old one. And what's weird is I just saw Amazon is like offering you subscriptions to different network apps. So like I saw you can, that you can get Showtime, Stars, and then Shutter is actually on there. So I don't know if I could then. It's pretty amazing. Watch Shutter programming in the Amazon Instant Video app on Xbox. Uh, I don't know yeah. how that works. Hmm. Or maybe you, they just like add their catalog to the Instant Video app. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I literally just saw that today too. But that's that seemed really intriguing. I mean, they're just bringing it. Shoot. Mm-hmm. So the uh, so the Eli Roth movie is the Green Inferno, which is about what you said, but it's based, the title of the movie is based from the movie Cannibal Holocaust. Yep, that's it. Which, there was a film within a film in Cannibal Holocaust called The Green Inferno. So that's why Eli Roth made that movie, yeah. Yeah, Cannibal Holocaust was the one that we wanted to watch. We couldn't get it to work. It was, I think the tagline at the bottom was like, the... It's like the most illegal or... It, yeah, like they build it as like a snuff film. Like you can't yeah. watch this. Like the, what yeah. was that called? The Three Deaths or Three Rings of Death, whatever that was, that underground video series. But I, the tagline at the bottom, if you can find the cover, is like the the scare, like the 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 goriest movie of all time or the mm-hmm. scariest movie of all time. It was something like that made you just like frightened to think about it. Yeah, I've always... I've, I've wanted to watch that, but I... I, I probably could... But, you know, there's just one part of you. I mean, I've seen the remake of The Hills Have Eyes, and that was a lot for me. The most controversial movie ever made. Right. That's the tagline for Cannibal Holocaust. Tis I mean, the season. That's a great tagline. I mean, I just, good grief. Some of the tis, images I just pulled tis up Tis the here. season, Slim and the Minity. Oh, God. <laughs> Ooh-wee. <laughs> too, bad, too bad you couldn't Ooh-wee. watch that under the oh, mistletoe. Yeah, that would have set the loins ablaze. <laughs> What else we got? Anything? Hmm. Uh, uh, we'll record. We'll record before Star Wars comes out again. So, mm, trying to cannot think. wait for trying that. to think. When are you guys going to see it? The night before December seventeenth. It's going to be pretty great. Ooh. See Spectre yet? No. I hear good things, though. I hear it's the James Bond fans Bond movie. Hmm. So Yeah, I think I heard it was the Roger Moore's fan Bond movie. Like if you like the Roger Moore movies. See that um, super Bond Blu-ray and digital special they had on Amazon last week? Oh, yeah. Super cheap. It was like 85 or $89 for all of them, digital and Blu-ray. Just think how tired you'd get redeeming all those Bond movie codes. <laughs> how frustrating would that be? I can't even do, like, my wife does the Disney movie redemptions, and that process I find daunting, and I don't even do it. <laughs> I just see, you know, 
I don't know how they covers out and codes being entered. (laughs) I don't know how they did that because Disney somehow worked a deal with like other content providers that even if you buy it on iTunes or Google Play, you're able to like link it up with their cloud service, which is like crazy Mm -hmm. impressive. I don't know how they pulled that off. Oh, is that how the Disney Anywhere works? Yeah, you buy it anywhere and you can still have it sync like anywhere. I think it might even sync to like the other services. Like if you buy it on Apple, it might sync to Google Play because of like it goes up to their main cloud repository and then shoots it wherever you want. This goes back to my theory that Disney is secretly buying everything. Sure, obviously. I mean, uh, who owns Marvel Comics? I don't know. Nobody knows. Who owns Star Wars franchise? (laughs) Who owns ABC Networks? Come on, guys. Or it's all the answers are Disney. All right. <laughs> oh, oh.